All right, that was a block of heart. Love that heart. Up next, Radio Free Oleander with D.B. Spitzer and Farmer Dave. The best that Oleander has to offer in radio. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Hey, everyone, it's me, D.B. Spitzer. I'm rootin' this most cowpoke around these here parts, and uh, that's not who I am at all. If you're new to the show, um, that was just me doing some make-em-ups. Uh, that's not what this show is about. This show is about the best and the brightest of Oleander, Oregon. Um, showcasing community spirit um, during a pandemic, having preparing for parades that don't happen, and town celebrations that uh, end up being canceled at the last minute. Welcome to Radio Free Oleander. I am one of your hosts, D.B. Spitzer. In a moment, we'll be talking to Dave. And just to let you know, we had an interview planned for this episode that we thought we had the file for, but sadly enough, we did not. Hopefully, we can redo that interview and get it to you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Hey, all of our listeners over in the Philippines, thank you so much. You are awesome. Also, I love Lumpia. Okay, everyone else, I love you too. You guys are great. You ladies are great. Everyone's great. Okay? Hey, everyone. Welcome. It is DB and that guy over there. Who are you this week, man? I am Farmer Dave. That is Farmer Dave, and this is Radio Free Oleander, as I've said before, 11.30 a.m., KZOM, Oleander, Oregon, Clatsop County. No, wait a minute. Which one are we? We are Radio Free Oleander, KZOM, KZOM? <laughs> no, uh, Clackamas County, <laughs> not Clatsop. Clackamas County. Well, where do we live? <laughs> we, we live in confusion. <laughs> yes, we are in... We are in northern Clackamas County. Yes, yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's cold. It's rainy. It's windy. It's really windy. It's really windy. I had to go chase down the kids' swing set the other day. Uh, It's, I mean, you know, people are always like, why is there a swing set right next to a graveyard? And it's like, well, where else are you going to Why not? (laughs) If we put it in the front yard, people would be like... Why does that mansion have a swing set next to it? <laughs> yes. So, not that we live in the mansion. To remind everyone, we live in the crematorium, former crematorium, behind Oleander, Oleander, Oleander Manor? Is that the name of the place? Uh, Oleander Mansion, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I always walk around behind it, take the, uh, the back alleys uh, through the civic area so I don't have to necessarily breathe in all that smoke but you know we all got masks yeah. on but hey everyone you you, you know the place you, you love the place uh and let's see uh has by the time of this recording has uh krampus knocked and belschnickel knocked happened yet i believe they have i know that that yeah so uh i believe that krampus knock is usually the Fifth of December. Okay. Uh, but at A one, even though because they are such radical people over there, or mm-hmm. uh, at A one uh, groceries and taxidermy, you can you can get your kids pictures with Krampus all the way up till December twenty fourth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, I heard some commotion. 
the other night, and I wasn't sure what was going on. I wasn't sure if it was Krampus knocked. I didn't hear any bells. And yeah, you can never tell what's going on in this town. If it's like some kind of holiday that people are running around dressed in uh, weird outfits, or or if it's something organized by the town itself. So <laughs> sometimes it's like maybe it's better I don't know, and then just carry on. <laughs> yeah, yes. So you, you, you ask you ask people around town about what was going on, and they do festival. Yeah. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people that uh, like drive through town and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" And they're like, "Don't you know about the festival?" And they're like, "All right, keep on driving." <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there, there is something very kind of like I don't know, um, one of those movies from the '70s or whatnot that uh, th- this town has kind of like the weird isolated town from hell <laughs> kind of vibe sometimes but the, the, the harbinger <laughs> the harbinger yeah yes yeah did you ever see uh cabin in the woods oh oh uh yeah yeah i did what one of the agents is the harbinger he has to warn them by giving him like strange prophecies <laughs> <laughs> do you have me on the speakerphone i'm on the speakerphone aren't i i hate speakerphones <laughs> <laughs> That is a really good movie. That is a good movie. Um, yeah. Uh, what do we? Uh, what I, do we had a, I had a friend describe. I had a friend describe it. It's a slasher movie if David or a uh, Farmer Dave wrote slasher movies. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. So um, speaking of Farmer Dave, Farmer Dave, what are we? Uh, what are we doing this week? What do we got going on on Radio Free well, Oleander? What are the segments? Well, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, and for those who have not um, been listening uh, this month, uh, we've been, so in 1949, a axe murderer dressed up as Santa Claus killed 19 people in the Little Sisters of Melanie uh, nunnery. Mm-hmm. And since then, it has been illegal to portray or dress up as Santa Claus. Yep. So uh, we've discussed a couple of the um, alternatives to Santa Claus mm-hmm. and uh, the, the town uses. And we're going to talk about, uh, first of all, you're going to hear me mispronounce a lot of Icelandic words. Okay. Well, we're talking about Grela, uh, the Yule witch, her Yule cat, and her Yule lads. Whoa. Then I have a, an interview. Uh, Someone all the way over from England, uh-huh. uh, Lee Valentine, and Ooh. Lee writes um, Lee writes uh, a series of books, or at least two in it right now, mm-hmm. where it's basically a collection of my one of my favorite tropes. Uh-huh. Uh, Final girls get come together. All right. And Final Girls, if you're not familiar with it, is the uh, the last girl in a, a horror movie who sort of survives and defeats the the villain. Okay. Have you... And then I think you. Oh, oh, I was I um I was going to ask you if uh, you had ever seen, and then I was trying to remember the name of the movie that's kind of like a mockumentary about a slasher, and like they kind of go into the final girl a bit, and I'm just trying to remember. It's like oh, I can't remember the name of the. I'll, I'll think of it at some point in time, and might interject it into this episode or next episode. The, no, I'm not. I mean, Scream made a Scream sort or. Of, our uh, scary movie sort of made a, 
uh, a lot of final girl jokes. But... Oh, sure, definitely, definitely. But, uh, and then I think you and I are talking about movies in Christmas settings that aren't Christmas movies. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm still trying to think of one. <laughs> oh, uh, I got a list. Okay, cool, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about your list there, Dave. All right, everyone. So buckle up. That's what's going on this episode. Before we get too far, uh, Dave, I was uh, going through some town records the other day. I was going through a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm always looking. The, the mayor's like, see if you can't find me some loopholes on something. I mean, no, the, the mayor never says anything like that to me, and I never do it. But anyway, I was poking around uh, the uh, city records, going through town charters, looking for stuff. And I did find something that has never been amended. It's never been fixed. It's Maybe it doesn't need to be fixed. Maybe it's something that's just kind of an oleander kind of thing but if anything ever happens to the mayor the person who is in charge is not me I, uh, the uh, uh comptroller the comptroller it's 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 not like the sheriff it's anything like that it's check this out i think you might be interested in this this involves you directly whoever owns huh? the most goats you're kidding no i'm not well, I'm sure that's just an interesting tidbit that'll never come forth in any more episodes. I bet it will never, ever come to bite anyone on the ass ever again, and I'm sure no one will try and buy a whole bunch of goats at all. That'll never happen. I, I agree. <laughs> all right. On to the next topic. Okay. So, <laughs> we're going to talk about Grayla. Now, Grayla. Um, so, I... I have been told I'm not I'm no linguist, but I am told that Icelandic is the closest language to the original Old Norse mm -hmm. that still exists. That's true. So I am going to butcher some of these names, um, but oh well. And um, okay, it's it's me a copa. I gotta, you know, I gotta throw myself on the sword. I said last week that we we're gonna talk about a kaiju-sized cat. Uh -huh. And I was thrown off a little bit by some of the paintings, but the Yule Cat usually is not described as kaiju size. Okay. It's normally described as, um, uh, you know, either giant bear size or as big as a house. Okay. So if you're listening only to this show because you wanted to hear about a kaiju sized cat, I am sorry. So, um, Grayla is basically a child eater. Mm -hmm. um, so, and a lot of, we're going to find a lot of Jungian connections and folklore with a lot of other things. Uh, this will remind me a lot of La Llanorna. Mm -hmm. uh, are you familiar with that? No. Uh, the Lady in White from the Hispanic, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, folklore. Nope, I do um, not know of that. So she she is a she's this is probably and I'm getting a little off tangent, but I want to explain kind of the universal of some of these ideas. Uh, Lyona is the the woman in light white who um, is basically this ghost that tempts children to uh, riversides and drowns them oh. because she was in love with the hacienda owner, had children, he married someone else, so she in her insanity drowned their children. 
Oh wow! And her ghost is so, and that is probably we ought to do an episode on that. That is, according to my research, it's probably the widest spread ghost story anywhere from Argentina up to where we have you know Hispanic communities in Canada. Uh-huh. All say you know La Llorona is here. Or, you know we've seen them here. Uh-huh. Um, so in a way, we kind of get a lot of. I feel folklore creatures like La Yarna, like Grelia, who um, are mother mothers who kill or eat children, because what the mother figure is supposed to be nurturing and caring and loving and protecting, but instead, what could be worse than that caring, nurturing spirit become a child killer? Yeah. So, yeah, for those of you who are listening because they want to hear happy Christmas stories, it gets better. So there's a couple of stories, and there's a lot of different stories that sort of merge together. And we're going to see that with um, Norse mythology especially. So there's a couple of stories where Grail comes from. And one is that she was God's first creation, and she was made wrong. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of, of another mother spirit uh, child killer, Lilith. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be a lot of Lilith parallel. Hmm. Um, the other story is that she and her children, uh, and during winter, she had to kill her husband and feed them to her children. And she became Grela a lot like the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we see a summer of these universal scary stories coming in. Um, so like a lot of, of folklore, these were tales that were told children, be good or Grela and her Yule lads will get you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she would have, she would have, and it, it varies from story to story, uh, between nine and 22 Yule lads. Hmm. Most common number is 13. Now, 13 was the lucky number in North mythology. Mm-hmm. It was also a good number in symbolic numberism in Christianity because hmm. you had the 12 apostles in Christ, the mm-hmm. 13. So the Christians, there's this huge rival, especially in Iceland, between the Christians and the pagans. And the Christians say, hey, look, you know, we've got our lucky number 13. And the pagans say, oh, wow, our lucky number is 13, too. And the Christians say, oh, we've had to say 13 is an unlucky number. Yeah. So that's sort of how 13 became unlucky in, in Western society. So it makes sense that, you know, 13 is sort of a holy or powerful number or at least symbolic number in uh, North mythology. So that's why it makes sense that there's 13 of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so each of these have these Norse names that I just would butcher if I was telling you. But they're they're usually things that involve with things that children do wrong. Like spoonlicker. You know, so there's one, the kid, he finds the kids that, you know, that lick the spoons mm-hmm. and then you know there's another one where it, you know who th- there's like a an icelandic word for losing your toys because of you know not paying attention mm-hmm. or there's another one who, who's um squeezing the cat too tightly uh-huh. because you love it so much but you're hurting it 
And so what they do is they find the people, they look in the windows, and they find the kids that do these things. And then, you know, they get kind of punished. Hmm. But if the kid is really bad, let's say does this, and then hits or belittles like a little brother or sister, mm -hmm. then they rat on Grayla. And Grayla comes in, grabs the bad kid, throws her in a bag, and, you know, takes him away and eats him. Whoa. So, and this were the stories they tell the kids. It got so bad in 1746, the Icelandic parliament passed this law that said, it is abuse to tell your kids Grela stories. You have to stop. And so, FYI, at that point in time, it would have been the Danish government because Iceland was a Danish uh, occupation at that point in time. Yes, but I, I believe they had their own little local law. Ah, you're right. It was part yes, of yes. Denmark. You're, you're right. Absolutely. But I believe they had. So this was more like a, a, a local law as opposed to a Danish Empire law. Mm -hmm, but yes, mm -hmm. thank you for bringing that out. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's good. But, but so think, you know, the ice, people I've known for Iceland are good people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people in 1746, they weren't really known as progressive, you know, progressive child psychologists. Yeah. How bad do these stories have to be that telling them to your kids was ruled in 1746 as abuse? That's that's crazy stuff. So so the story started changing. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting eaten, you know, you got the, the, the coal. And so that's sort of where they started Christianizing them. And they became sort of like a mixture of of Santa's elves and Snow White's dwarves, you know, they, yeah. they've got these sort of funny looking things. And there's even, there's even now like a Yule sister mm -hmm. who's like Hope. So they, they decided to change and now they're more like comic book or cartoon characters. Yeah. But Grayla has this giant cat. Uh, and uh, I think it's like you know, or something. I can't. I, I just. I'm sure I just swore in Old Norse. But so the cat goes around um, eating people. Well, just like you know, its owner. Um, and there's a couple of stories. No one's really sure where it comes from, but they think it was an exact sort of a sort of a, a mirror image of Father Christmas hmm. and his goat. So Father Christmas in order he doesn't ride he rides around on a goat. He doesn't mm -hmm. have reindeers. So this is the the evil cat. In fact, cats are very very important for Icelandic culture. You know, the Vikings brought cats on their boats for mm -hmm. Iceland. In fact, it became illegal for a while to own a dog in Iceland. I have told have cats. That. Yeah. So cats they they, they love their cats. And so this Yule cat, there is basically, so we have, you know, uh, a visit from St. Nick or Twas the Night Before Christmas. That's sort of our Christmas, Christmas poem, right? Mm -hmm. The poem of Iceland is called the Yule Cat, okay. which is about this cat eating people on Christmas. Gotcha. And so not only did that, but you know who Bjork is, right? Yes. I'm not a huge Bjork fan, but I, okay. I, 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 intellectually, I, ex she's a talent, but she just doesn't do much for me. Gotcha. So Bjork makes this into a song. So not only is the official Iceland poem 
of Christmas about being eaten by a giant cat. It's like the Mariah Carey song of Iceland is about being eaten by a giant cat. Yeah. Um, and so that is where we get um, the, the Yule Cat. Cool. And, uh, and you see, the thing about the Yule Cat is the Yule Cat eats people who are wearing old and shabby clothing. Uh-huh. And so, uh, especially in the 17, 18, 19, even I suppose now, I, um, Iceland was a um, major backbone financially, mm-hmm. is wool. And so they would have to have, the, the, they, they'd finish the shearing off around, around Christmas and New Year's. And it was very important that everybody pitch in. And usually the property owners or the farm owners, they would give wool clothing as as a gift at the end of the year. That was sort of your bonus was this wool clothing. Mm-hmm. Because A, keeping warm is very important. Yeah. But B, it was the thing that, you know, they, they had to be, keep going. Uh, they needed to basically, they, they based their economy on this. Yeah. And so... If you're not wearing new Christmas clothing, it means you're a slacker. So basically, this giant cat is eating people for capitalism. Yeah. And yeah, so um, that is where we get um, the Yule Cat. Very and cool. As you'll notice that there's a lot of, uh, they look like, you know, so you know how in other cities they have those big giant inflatable Santas, and you know you see like inflatable Yodas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what company makes that? No. It was I forgot the name, but it was the company that invented uh, Billy the Big Bow Big Mouth Bass. Okay. So the guy who invented it, he put all his money he got from from Billy the Big Mouth Bass, mm-hmm. and he, he invested it on this idea to make these inflatable uh, Christmas decorations, huh. and, and made fortunes wow so so um a lot of you know around oleander what they'll do is they'll do the the big giant halloween cat and, and then put it up for uh christmas as, as the old cat very cool very cool you're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, another episode of DB and Dave talk about movies. And we're, we're going to have a holiday episode this time around. And uh, I hope you've been listening to past episodes of uh, Dave and DB talk about go to d- something about movies. Because uh, I don't know if any of the other episodes have ended up on uh, Oleander... Uh, uh, Radio, public, Free public yeah. free, uh, Radio Free Oleander. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one who can't remember the name of this that 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 one show that we work on. So yeah, hey everyone, welcome to yeah. Dee and Dave talk about movies. We're going to be talking about Christmas stuff. Dave, what's the what's the Christmas stuff we're going to be talking about this? So we're going to talk about movies in Christmas settings that are. Christmas isn't at least in the background. Okay. But aren't, aren't traditional Christmas movies. 
But there's this fear something that has to do with Christmas. Okay. And, and you know, I told you, yeah, I got this. I got a list. Well, the list is in my head, so I probably forgot the rest, but that's okay. Okay. Um, we can talk about, uh, you know, and the first, I think when most people think of that, the movie they think about is Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. Now I so, have a machine um, gun, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. You know, so is is Die Hard a Christmas movie in, in your uh, your house? Uh, Die Hard's an Die Hard's everyday kind of movie in, in, in the house that it grew up in. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely Die Hard would be something that we'd be like, hey, Die Hard, let's, let's watch Die Hard. It's a Christmas movie. Uh, another one that I'm not quite sure if it quite qualifies as a Christmas movie, even though it takes place during Christmas, is Home Alone. Home Alone is a, a home invasion oh. movie. It's 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 kind of like a horror movie for kids that just happens to take place during Christmas. You know, absolutely, a absolutely. So, um. Just a little bit about Die Hard, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because I can't have a conversation without trivia. Sure. And, you know, the honest answer, I've only watched Die Hard once. Really? It was a good movie. Huh. Yeah, I've only watched it once. But it is actually based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever, huh. uh, written by Roderick Thorpe. And it's actually a sequel uh, to a movie that he made. Um, or a book that he wrote that was made into a movie that started starred Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah. Uh, the, I think it was the detective. I'm not sure. Um, I think it was the detective, and so he wrote it specifically as a, a sequel to that movie. Okay. Uh, and it just sat in development heck for decades huh. until it was redone. And by that time, you know, it, even, you know, it was supposed to be an older character. Uh, you know, Frank Sinatra was in, at least in the late 50s or 60s at the time. So it was a lot less athletic and stuff. And instead of his wife, uh, in the book, in the original screenplay, it's his daughter. Ah. He, he was going to see his daughter. Yeah, no, uh, we had a copy that we taped off of, like, TBS uh, one year that was, like, highly edited for television so that my brother could watch it. And mm. I, I still love the line, Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think a lot of people, a lot. I mean, you see that every year on, on the internet. Oh, I'm mean, sure. At least on cheek. You know, is this a Christmas movie or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say it is like. I mean, it's it's one of those like. Well, technically, it's a Christmas movie. It's like, yeah, well, mm, it's what spirit of Christmas? It's like, it's it's good to save people and shoot other people and blow up buildings, but only if you jump off right in time. But I don't know. And, and it's a. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a thriller in a Christmas setting. Mm -hmm, and, and just as you know, Home Alone, it, it, it's sort of this kids versus the adults mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. in a Christmas setting. Yeah. Um, another one, I think, and this is the one that, that as a kid sort of emotionally scarred me, Gremlins. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. I so that whole story, that whole thing about all those Gremlins. Mm-hmm. 
that 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 was fine. But it was when the, the female character tells the male character about how her dad dressed up as Santa Claus yeah. and broke his neck going down the chimney. That scarred me. Yeah, no. That that was the one thing I knew about Gremlins, like right when the movie came out my sister went and saw it with her friends and then told me that part of the movie because she was like really kind of traumatized by that and then I in turn was like I don't think I'm ever going to see Gremlins and I don't think I saw Gremlins until I was in my 20s and I was like oh this is this is this is pretty good what is this Robert Zemeckis Spielberg did something with this what's that what the and I'd oddly enough seen Gremlins 2 uh, like when I was like 13 or something <laughs> you know, and the, and the lights and stuff, the lights that make it this sort of really great, uh, um, you know, the Christmas lights and make it great for effects and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's not really a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. So, what about It's a Wonderful Life? Is It's a Wonderful Life a Christmas movie, or is it just a movie we watch on Christmas? So, I to me, it's a Christmas story, but do you know why we watch it on Christmas? Why do we watch it on Christmas? It made no money. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so, what happened is it it, it, it it bombed in the theater. Okay. And so, the, the theater, the, the production company, didn't renew the copyright. Gotcha. So, it became the go-to movie because they could show it for free on all the little indie channels throughout the country. Yeah. Yeah, just like all the uh, little indie movie houses could show Night of the Living Dead <laughs> and just make profit because yeah. its copyright never existed. Anyway, but yeah. that's that's for another episode. We're not talking about uh, Memorial Day episodes. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, so another uh, so uh, another one I'm going to throw out there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is Prometheus. Prometheus, huh? So you remember there's uh, so to me Prometheus. Okay, da- Farmer Dave is going to go on a rant. Sure. Space jockeys are these giant elephant aliens that have psychic powers, like in the Dark Horse comics. They're not big giant white-skinned people that have gas masks. Okay. Okay, I'm finished. Gotcha. But there's that scene where they're on the planet. It's on Christmas on Earth, and um. Uh, Idris Alba, the captain, he's talking to, uh, you know, Charlie Theron's character, and he's setting up the Christmas tree. And, you know, the mm-hmm. one thing he brought up was the Christmas tree, and he's playing Neil Young's accordion. And that, I mean, that is, that it, small little interaction in the movie, mm-hmm. where these two characters just sort of, tough characters just drop their persona to each other. Hmm. I thought it was one of the best scenes in the movie. That and the spaceship. The Prometheus set, it looked like that with a trillion dollar spaceship. Yeah. But I love that, just that little, that little scene there where, you know, around the, this sort of almost Charlie Brown Christmas tree, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of humanizes the characters. Hmm. All right. And again, most people, most people flash forgot it. that another one that's set during Christmas, um, the long cat, the long kiss at night. I'm not familiar with that with one. Samuel Jackson and Gina Davis. She's a, a she's an assassin who lost her memory. She's trying to track her history. I and she she vaguely, lost her sword. She's pregnant. Vaguely remember baby. that one. 
Oh, she's got her little daughter, and she's about to blow. It's set during, again. It's set during Christmas, and she's about to to uh, blow open the door so they can escape from the villains. Goes, you want a dog? You want a puppy for Christmas? We'll get a puppy for Christmas. And then blows up the door. Huh. I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember that one, but I will ask you one. Maybe you've seen this. What about Dennis Leary's The Ref? Set during Christmas, a family so I, is robbed by a burglar. Oh, wait a minute. No, they, they, they learn the true meaning of family and get back together and understand why they love one and each other. And yeah, no, that is a Christmas movie. Dag nabbit. <laughs> oh, but it's got Dennis Leary in it. It's so got Dennis true. Leary. Yeah. Kind of one of the least Christmassy people, unless you're doing kind of like a Scrooge thing, maybe. But, you know, hey. I don't know if he's actually crabby like that or if it's just Boston, but yeah, we don't have and any then, listeners in Boston. It's okay. We can talk crap about Boston. Oh, I'm sure. Do you know Portland was almost named Boston? I do. I do. Yeah. But we got named after that town that no one cares about <laughs> in Maine. Yeah. It's so, all right. We don't have any listeners in Maine. <laughs> Here's one though that almost that, that has actually appeared on a few Christmas lists. Sure. Better off dead. <gasps> that is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, watching I mean, that during Christmas. A, you know, they've got the. First of all, that is that's got some of the best lines in oh, it. Oh, that but, movie is so quotable. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Oh yeah. Because no, no, nothing, nothing beats go, go fat, go straight, fast. Something gets in your way, turn. <laughs> or what a, per, what a waste of a perfectly good white boy. Yep, 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 yep. I yeah, no, I I saw that when I was in like fourth grade. My aunt took me to go see it during Christmas break, and yeah, I was like, this, this is this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Until I saw Beetlejuice, then it's I said, "This is the best movie." Ever. It's still funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. I I, I love that movie. Uh, Curtis Armstrong. Doesn't matter what movies he's in. I'm like, oh man, I gotta watch this. If if I'm flipping channels and I see Curtis Armstrong, I, I love that guy. Speaking of which, anyone out there, uh, if if you're looking for back episodes of Moonlighting, since it'll probably never be released, since uh, someone who we talked about earlier in Die Hard. Uh, I think there's some uh, rights issues with music that he performed in the show that he doesn't want released. So Moonlighting is available on YouTube, but you won't find it on any streaming services in America. Heads up. You're welcome. Moonlighting. Thank you. I was not aware of that. Yeah. I love that show. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I loved it. (laughs) All right. Uh, so, so where that's were we? a pretty much that's pretty much my list of, of movies that are in a Christmas setting, but nice. not Christmas. Okay, I'm still trying to think of. Uh, hmm. I was like, no, no, no. Uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is very Christmas. Uh, what about? No, 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 no. I think uh, the Scrooge uh, stuff is all very Christmassy. I just keep thinking. I just keep thinking. I can't think of any. Uh, non-Christmassy Christmas movies but I feel like there's so many movies that kind of embody the spirit of Christmas that have nothing to do with Christmas you know so yeah. what do we do with that <laughs> that's for a different time 
Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening yeah. to DB and Dave talk about movies, sort of. All right. See you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Radio Free Oleander. Thank you for listening to the best of what Oleander has to offer. Uh, fortunately, it's me and Dave right now. Dave, do you have anything to say before we go? No, just uh, happy holidays to everybody. Uh, I know it's past, but if anyone listens who celebrates Hanukkah, um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah. And uh, whatever you're celebrating this year, I hope you are having a happy holiday, a safe holiday, a clean holiday, a wonderful holiday, and any other uh, superlatives that would be best. <laughs> uh, rate, review, subscribe, stay safe. If you've got a question, if you're from Boston, if you're from Maine, and, uh, you know, and, uh, we're joking. We think you're great. And if you have questions, if you want to say something, uh, contact us. We're on Facebook. You know what? We are on Twitter. I just realized that we're on Twitter at pgttcm.com. Oh, no, pgttcm. That, that's where we're on Twitter. I think we're on Instagram. Uh, where are we at on Instagram, Dave? Uh, I believe we are actually under radio, or KZOM. Okay. And I have PGTTCM, D-O-T-C-O-M on Instagram if you want to see some stuff that I'm working on, generally guitars and stuff like that. Uh Black Clock Audio Tales, People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. I'm still updating those if you want to check them out on the Facebook. And, of course, we have Radio Free Ole Oleander on Facebook where you can check out what we're doing. I'm going to throw up a Patreon at some point in time, and I swear one of these days I will update the T-shirts. But you can look at all of our past T-shirts over at pgttcm.com, the production studio that this comes out of. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the show. Listen to the Harry Kuttner. Dave, do you have anything to say before we take off? No, other than, than yeah, there's some awesome things done um, on Oleander Book Club that, you know, if you, like me, that you know, I love to read, but I am so, you know, adult attention deficit disorder <laughs> that when I read some of these these classic things like uh, Gutner or Lovecraft or even you know Robert E. Howard, mm -hmm. I miss some of the, the beauty of the words and just yeah. a chance to listen or read along while you're listening. Oh yeah. It's an amazing experience. Definitely. Alright, thank you so much for the uh, the, the recommendation uh, for, for the positive review, Dave. And everyone, thank you so much. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.